Welcome to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics Podcast, the voice for women in midlife and beyond at Hot Flashes and Cool Topics. We talk about anything and everything to do with midlife. My name is Colleen. My name is Bridget. On today's episode, we are going to be talking to Jen Mann, who is a well-known blogger and author, New York Times bestselling author, to be precise. And she wrote the book, Midlife Bites, Anyone Else Falling Apart or Is It Just Me?, and her blog is people I'd like to punch in the throat because, you know, think about that for a moment. How many, there are people on my list. I'm not going to lie. I would never actually do it, but there are some people that I would like to punch in the throat. And she has this great humor at, to her writing, to her conversations. Bridget and I laugh through so much of this podcast and you're going to really enjoy some of her stories and how she felt like she was falling apart at 47 and I think so many of us can relate to that. Absolutely. I mean, it. you know, I love to read books like this because, well, I always say it makes you feel not alone. It makes you feel like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what you're talking about. When you have those moments where you just feel that connection of, oh, I've been there. I That has happened to me. And I love how she addresses it and the humor she brings to it, the stories she tells. And then, you know, there's some things, there's humor that she does bring to it, but there's also very serious situations where she's reflecting on, does she want to stay married? Is she, you know, what's going on with her children? What's going on in her life? And it's just a great story to read. And it just, I don't know, I just feel like you will really get a lot from this book and from this conversation. So make sure you're checking out that book and make sure you're checking us out on social media too on uh tiktok i know we don't talk enough about in the beginning how you guys have you checked out our youtube channel we have so many of these videos on our youtube channel and it kind of gives you that extra benefit of seeing our reactions and seeing the the person that we're interviewing and it kind of enriches i think a little bit a lot of these interviews Clips. Yeah, we'll share clips on Instagram, on TikTok, and and we'll try to share them on shorts too. Shorts make them be under one minute. So, you, you know, there's a lot of little editing that goes on. <laughs> but, we, you know, some of these clips are just these little things that you hear are great information. Sometimes they're funny. Um, so if you want a little laugh or if you just really want to get a little dose of quick information, those shorts and those little clips on Instagram and TikTok. And we have a great Facebook group as well where women really go in there. Um, you can you can post anonymously, but it's just for people in our group. So you are just women, yes. almost 5,000. We're just about to round our 5,000 yes. women in that group. And the questions are very honest yes. and everybody is giving an opinion. There are no doctors in there prescribing anything. It's just like, oh. You're having this. Oh, I have that too. And here's what I tried or, you know, here's what I would recommend or just, I'm with you. I'm with you. You're not alone in this. And Bridget always says, you know, when we realize we're not alone, it just helps so much. So with Jen Mann, we are going to talk about purpose. We're going to talk about friendship. We're going to be talking about angry self-help because I love that. And what to do if you're feeling invisible? There's just so many topics that we're going to talk about. So let's get started with Jen Mann. We'll talk to you after. Welcome back to Hot Flashes and Cold Topics Podcast, everybody. We are really thrilled today to have Jen Mann on. Now, Jen Mann, you probably know from people 
people I want to punch in the throat, a blog and book. And she also has a book, Midlife Bites. Anyone else falling apart or is it just me? First of all, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Well, I appreciate you having me and I'm, I'm glad you found the book. You know, I, you can find it the day it's released or 10 years from now. And I'll still yes. Yes. And it will still be relevant. So right. yeah, it just so much what you say in there resonates. Uh, with people, you're very humorous in the book, very open and honest. And as I read it, I was like, yeah, so many topics that I want to get into about, yeah. So can you share what led you to write the Midlife Bites book and start this group? Um, I think what led me to it was uh, I kind of was having my own my own midlife crisis. I was turning 47 a few years ago and I'd breeze through like 30, 35, 40, kind of those like, I don't know, those big birthdays that people worry about. And I thought, oh, this is easy. And then I got to 47 and all of a sudden I was like, oh crap, my life is literally half over. Like there's no, there's no way around this. Like I can't even pretend like it's that. And, and I thought, you know, what have I, what have I done with my life? And I started kind of like spiraling about like, have I accomplished enough, you know? are my kids good kids? Are they going to be able to move out of my house someday and like contribute to society? And, you know, and I thought about my husband and I was like, gosh, are we going to be like, what are we going to talk about for the next 25? Yes. My life's half over, but I still have like 25 more years with this guy probably. And like, what will we talk about? And will he always eat soup like that? And I just started going like down this crazy spiral. And then I started feeling guilty. Cause then I was like, no, this is crazy. Like, you're, you have a, you know, you have a, a, a career that people w- really would love to have. You know, you have great kids, you have a good marriage, you have a safe home to live in, you know, like you're, it was winter and it's like, you know, you're warm and you had dinner tonight. You know, what is your deal? Like, and I started having all this guilt. And then I also thought, no, I can be unhappy. Like I'm allowed to be unhappy. I think I, you know, my, we don't have to compare notes on who has the worst. I think everyone can be unhappy. And, um, my husband was out of town that night and I called him and I was really upset. And, and he just was sort of like, are we, he goes, are we going to get divorced? And I was like, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. (laughs) Because I kind of just felt like I'd be better off on my own. I was like, Oh, I think I just, I can't do this anymore. I can't do people anymore. And so he told me at that point, I'd been writing um, on my people I want to punch in the throat blog and I had books and, you know, social media and stuff. I've been writing on, on that for, I don't know, nine years or something like that. And he was like, this is something you have to take to your community. He's like, I can't help you. And he's like, I don't know what to say to you. He's like, but they do, because I guarantee you, you are not the only person feeling like this. And he's like, you're not the only middle-aged woman that's like going through this kind of like anxiety and angst and second guessing. And, you know, and he's like, I think you need to write about it and, and just let your community help you get through this. And so I wrote a blog post that night called, uh, is anybody else falling apart or is it just me? me. I put it out on my blog. I hadn't really been blogging regularly for years at that point, but um, I still had, I guess, a decent reach on there and it just sort of took off and the replies and the comments and the emails started flooding in and 
And it was a lot of women saying, oh my gosh, I'm feeling this, but I didn't know what it was. Like, I didn't know how to say this. I didn't know how to articulate this. And the best was I even had some men that were like, oh my God, this is my wife. Like, I know exactly. Now I know how to talk to her. I know what to say to her. Holy crap. I got to go talk to her right now. Like, she's going to leave me. (laughs) And so I realized really right then that I needed to create a Facebook group. I have a pretty big presence on Facebook and I have a lot of different private communities or public communities on there. And I just thought we need a place to talk about this. And so I created a Facebook group called Midlife Bites. And I think we're up to like, I don't know, 40,000 women now or something like that in there. But um, at the same time, my my editor from Penguin Random House, she follows me. She reads my blog and she sent me an email that night. And she was like, this is your next book. Like, this is what we have to talk about. And so we started working on it right away. In this book, you you really kind of touch on things like the raging hormones, saying yes to things, finding your purpose. How did you determine what you wanted to talk about in this book? Um, This one was a little bit different. Everything else I've ever written, I write nonfiction stories about my life. And so before I even start the book, I know what stories I'm going to tell. Um, They've already happened. I know how they end. I know, you know, in this book, I was sort of like, oh, crap, like, what, what are we going to talk about? What am I comfortable talking about? What do, and what do I feel, not only what do I feel comfortable sharing personally, but what do I feel comfortable maybe even like giving advice on? I, I felt a little bit like a fraud at times. My editor and I would have these, you know, these conversations where I'd be like, I'm not self-help. Like, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. And she was like, no one's asking you to be a doctor. Just, you know, say what you think and say what you're doing. And I was like, ah. And so, um, yeah, because it was kind of a new genre for me. I call it angry self-help. I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> <laughs> and um but I, I really used the group. I kind of came up with my own things that I knew. Like I really sat around and thought about like, what do I want to talk about? What's bothering me? This was a very personal book to me. Like it was sort of like, you know, what do what when what am I experiencing and what do I want to talk about? And so in some of that time, you know, you'll, you'll read some of the reviews and they'll be like, gosh, this lady talks about herself a lot. And I'm like, I know it's about me. It's me. And so um, and then I used the group as a sounding board. And my editor is in the group and there would be topics that would come up and she would tag me and she would say, Jen, this is a great topic. We should explore this, you know, and things like that. Um, And I kind of took the temperature with them to see, one, do they want to talk about what I want to talk about? Is it going to resonate? And then two, what am I missing? What am I forgetting about? Or what do I not know about? I'm not divorced. Divorce is a huge part of... um, being in midlife and trying to, you know, reinvent yourself in that regard. And what am I going to do now? And is it great or is it bad? Some, I have friends who have, you know, parties and I have friends who have, you know, practically like funerals, you know, when they get divorced. And so it's like, which way are we going to go? I'm not an empty nester yet, but you know, I just sent my first kid off to college this year. And, and so I don't have that experience yet, but I know the dread that I was feeling that was coming and, you know, that kind of thing. When you talked about how, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you went to your doctor, your doctor brought up that it could be perimenopause. And it's so wild, the experiences, because my doctor at 47 wouldn't believe me. Can you share what um, that experience is like? You know, my doctor has, he's been my doctor since... Um, with all, since I was pregnant with my first, right? 
And back then I was in my, um, I think I gave, I gave birth at like, I think the first time at like 33, 34 or something like that. But they called me a geriatric pregnancy in those days. I don't know if they still do now. Women are waiting much longer, but back then it was like, oh, she's so old. I think it's (laughs) over 35 is geriatric now. Geriatric. Wow. And so he just kept calling me a geriatric pregnancy. And so I think in his mind, I was already old. And so it didn't surprise him when I came to him at 47 and he was like, oh yeah, like you are, you know, you're old. Um, no, I think it just, and I think because he'd known me for so long and I, you know, and I told him, I'm like, I'm, I've always been angry. I mean, I have a whole cottage industry built on being angry. So I get that I was born pissed off, but I said, I'm, I'm beyond like right now. Like I want to burn stuff to the ground for real. Like I really want to burn something. And I had been listening to, um, NPR in the car and, literally on my way there and they were talking about depression and they were talking about that rage is a sign and you know of depression and I was like what and I was like I'm depressed you know and so when I got to the doctor you know I told him this and he was like oh I don't think you're depressed I just think you're in menopause like I think you're in perimenopause and I was like well then how long is that gonna last and you know if I was already mad I about flipped the exam table because he's like oh it could be you know, two years to eight years or whatever it was. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And I just was so, cause I was like, okay, well, give me something, give me a pill, give me a shot, give me a cream, give me something, you know, what are we going to do about this? And, and he was like, oh yeah, I don't really recommend much because it just, you know, there's just no, there's no point in it. It doesn't work that well. Or, you know, I mean, he had all these reasons why I shouldn't be doing things. And because he'd been my doctor for so long, I just sort of like, let it go. I let him, I just believed him, you know, and I was just sort of like, Oh, so what do I do? And he's like, Oh, and he just sort of patted me and he's like, you'll get through this dear women have for centuries. And, Oh, uh, and I left that day and I found a new doctor (laughs) And, and I went to see this new doctor and she was like, Oh girl, there's so many things we can do for you. And so, um, you know, so she's been wonderful because she doesn't doubt a thing I say, you know, I go in there and I'm like, Hey, I really feel like I can't focus. I said, and it's not just, I don't walk, I walk into a room and I forget what I walked in there for. Like that happens. I said, I look at my to-do list and I think, ah, what do I even start with? What do I even And she was like, I got you. Like, and so, you know, she's been trying to really help me get through it. And, and, um, and I appreciate that. And I think that that's the thing. And I've had, I've had several kind of health problems, weird health problems. I write about that in the book too. And I've had to learn to really self-advocate and really kind of be like, no, this is really happening. Um, this is something I need help with. I need you guys to listen to me. And and if you're not going to listen to me, I'm going to find somebody else who will. Because I do that with my business. So why wouldn't I do that with my health? You know, I can't tell you how many agents I've been through at this point. It's like, and so why have I kept the same doctor for 20 years who, you know, tells me that I'll I'll be fine, that I just need to suck it up, which I think there is, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I, I think I do need to suck it up at, at times too. I can't just go through this, you know, in a daze or whatever. But I think that there's got to be some things we can do and he can help me and he should have helped me. But we talk about that a lot, breaking up with your doctor, because mm-hmm. women either are embarrassed to talk about things like vaginal dryness, mood swings, rage, brain fog, because they know their doctor or they're just embarrassed to talk about it. And if your doctor can't answer your questions and give you relief, 
then it's okay to break up with them. It's not going to a personal thing. Some doctors, you know, most doctors aren't educated properly on menopause and continuing education really isn't where it's at should be. And there are plenty of, you know, board certified OBGYNs that are menopause certified that can answer your question. So we tell a lot of our listeners, don't feel guilty breaking up with your doctor. It's okay. You can move on and you'll be surprised. Like you said, advocating for yourself is so important. And at this time of life, midlife, one of the things we hear a lot, which I'm sure you hear in your group, is that I don't feel seen or heard. I feel invisible. What do you tell your group members about feeling unseen and unheard? And we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Vichy is a French skincare brand recommended by 50,000 dermatologists worldwide. They have over 30 years of expertise in menopause skincare, and their Neovideol line helps your skin look and feel radiant. Learn more at VichyUSA.com. Vichy is a proud sponsor of Hot Flashes and Cold Topics. And we're back. As a loud woman, it's sort of, I'm, my advice is always take up a lot of space. And, you know, um, I do think, though, you know, something about menopause and our generation that's going through it. And I always say that I started out as a mom blogger back in 2011. I'm Gen X. Um, and we were sort of the first bloggers to talk about postpartum depression. And we were the first ones to kind of open up about that, that, hey, I'm really struggling over here. Motherhood is not perfect. I went viral because I wrote a, a post about motherhood. You know, I feel judged and I don't feel like I am perfect and I don't want to be perfect. And so, and I think that menopause and perimenopause, I think it's going to be the same way that we are still going to just be that loud obnoxious. We're a very small generation, but we're very big. Plus we have millennials now. Millennials are aging. Those welcome ladies, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And they are a very big group and they have always advocated for themselves and they have always, you know, been um, kind of the loud voice in the room too. So I I always think that I feel like as I get older, you know, it's kind of that, what is it? You, You used to always hear about like, you know, mouthy old ladies or whatever. Like I understand now why they are like, I get it because it's kind of sometimes the only way you're going to get any sort of attention. Can we talk about finding purpose in this Mm -hmm. stage of life? Cause you do talk about that in the book as well. And we hear from a lot of listeners, I'm an empty nester or I have reached the pinnacle of this career. I really don't want to do it anymore, but I don't know what my purpose is. Can you talk about that? So purpose is really important, I think, in getting through this next stage of life, because especially if you're a mom, if you've been, you know, if you've been a mom for 18, 20 years, whatever it is that that's even, even if you have another job outside of the home, it's still a huge part of your job. It's a huge part of your life and it's a huge part of your identity. I can't tell you how many phones I'm in where I'm, you know, so-and-so's mom probably in their phone (laughs) rather than Jen, you know, and and I think that when the kids start going off to college or beyond, you know, you're sort of like, well, what do I do now? Like, what do I, what, what am I supposed to do? You know, what are my weekends going to be full of now that I don't have to go sit at soccer games or dance competitions or what have you, you know, and what am I going to do? But it's also not just moms. I just uh, saw a friend a few weeks ago. She's in her mid forties. She's single. She's never had kids. She's a very high powered job and she is having problems with purpose. She's like, it was like you said before that I'm kind of done with this job. I've kind of like, I'm kind of over this. Like, I don't really want to do this for the next half of my life. Like, what am I going to do? 
And I was like, you got to find the purpose. And she's like, like what? And I was like, it's different for everybody. Like you got to figure it out. You got to know what you, you have to try things. That's the other thing is, um, between purpose and friends, I can't tell you, those are probably the two biggest complaints I hear about in my group, but it's, I need a purpose and I need a friend, but I don't want to leave my house, but I don't want to put on a bra and go anywhere. <laughs> I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to try anything new, you know, and I'm that person too. Like, you know, that is a hundred percent me where I was just like, I don't want to leave my house. Especially right now it's cold out. Who wants to go out in the cold? Who wants to go out when it's dark at four o'clock in the afternoon? You know, like you just don't want to do these things, but you're not going to find a purpose sitting in your, you know, in your office or in your basement or, you know, watching Netflix all day or TikTok all day. Like that's, I mean, unless you find the purpose on TikTok or maybe Binky TikToks is your purpose. I don't know. You know, that's the thing. Like you've got to try these things and see what is it that you're interested in. And so I told her, I was like, you need to make a list of things that bring you happiness, that bring you, you know, that fulfill you. And she realized that she really likes working um, with women with women's shelters for um women who are in domestic abuse situations and I was like well they always need help I have a one of my best friends he's the fundraiser for one here in Kansas City and I was like I'm always hearing how much he needs help and they would love and, and especially with her business expertise that she has they definitely need her help and so I was like call him tell him that you want to do so many hours a week with him and and try to do that because and it might not just be volunteering. It doesn't always have to be volunteers. She's in a position where it is. Some people, it's just a whole pivot of a new job. I mean, there's that 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 cliche where, you know, you sell everything and you move to the beach and you rent surfboards, right? You know, that's, you know, that's there's a reason why people do that. And ha- I just saw someone on my Facebook uh, yesterday that she and her husband, they their kids left, they, they're off to college, they sold everything and they're moving overseas, you know, and they're just like, we're out, we're, we're, we're going to see you later. And I don't have that. That's not for me. That's not what I want to do. But for them, it sounds like it's going to be great. And I'm excited to see what they do. I'm, I'm following along. So purpose is that it's a hard one, but it's, and it's a very personal one. And it takes a lot of it takes a lot of soul searching and, and, and asking other people, what, what's your purpose? What are you doing? What do you do all day? And can I come along with you? Can I try that? Can I, you know, can I, can I go walk dogs with you? I hear dogs are fun. Let's go try it. So. <laughs> Instead yeah. of just going to pick up one and having a dog, you yeah. shot first. Which, right. which we know you did too. You had a pandemic puppy. So <laughs> I did. Yeah. I did. We got, we got one of those and he's great. I don't know yeah. that, you know, I don't know. I'll get another one, but you know, he's great. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting too, because when you, try something at this stage of your life, if you're just searching for your purpose, I don't look at it as a failure if it doesn't if it doesn't work out. It's just like something you tried and there's so many things you can try. It's also helpful to write down things that you don't want to do. If you're not clear on what you want, you can kind of get some clarity when you figure out what you don't want. And that list can be very long or very short. Yeah. But that can yeah. kind of clear your brain a little bit too. So we sometimes suggest, you know what, just write down a list of things you absolutely don't want to do. And and yeah. sometimes something will pop up from that. You know, um, some other things you hit just with partnership, you know, with your husband, you talk about scheduling sex. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> sometimes my husband and my son edits these videos. So, hey, bud, oh, sorry. Yes, Jack, <laughs> are you so listening? Jack, here you go. And my husband are like, can I pencil in? Can I pencil in? 
<laughs> and Colleen's like going to look at John now. Like, I'm going to uh, say, John, where's the pencil? <laughs> yeah. so, as long as you've got an eraser in case things come up, then I can erase with that pencil. But, you know, you talk about that. Can you talk about, you know, why that can be something really helpful in your relationship? Yeah, because I think a lot of times in a relationship, there's always one person that wants more loving than the other one does, I think, and and keeps pays closer attention and they take it very personally where it's not personal. I'm just tired, you know, like, and so, you know, it's always like, Oh, well, if, maybe if you do the laundry, you know, that was when they, when my kids were young, I was like, well, if you did the laundry and you did the dishes, like then I wouldn't be so tired. You know? And now I don't do Now he does the laundry and he does the dishes. So mom, I'm like, dang it. I got to figure it. No, but, um, but he just like, he would just keep track. And, and in his mind, he would say, Oh, it's been a month. And I would be like, it's been like eight days. Like, and so what, what the joke was is I literally started putting it on my calendar when we had sex so that I could like prove him wrong and be like, no, it was Monday at 4 PM. You know, it was Thursday at eight. And, and then, but then also it just started getting busier. And now I have, we have one kid who's away at college, but we have one who's, who's basically, she's homeschooled. She's in virtual school. So she's home all the time. And and it's not like when they were little and you could just put them to bed, you know, and now it's like, and they have that sixth sense, you know, they just kind of coming around and they're like, what are you guys doing? Nothing. <laughs> you know? So they do so have that do. sixth sense. You're right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. they know the exact yes. time. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so then it became where I was like, okay, we're going to have to put this on the calendar because I do have rules. I'm just like, I don't want to do it after 10 PM at night. Cause I'm too tired. <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, I'm like, he doesn't want to do it first thing in the morning. Whereas I'm like, Oh, morning would be great. We just start our day. And you know, and he's like, no morning. I have, I'm, my brain is on fire about work and things. And you know, so it's like, so we had to kind of compromise and find a, a day and a time. And, and it kind of changes. <laughs> I, I, you know, he'd like to have it, you know, every Tuesday at noon or something like that, but it, you have to look at the calendar and say, okay, well this week I got Thursday at four. What do you got? You know? And he's like, I got Thursday at four 30. I'm like, perfect. Put me down. And <laughs> You know, so other ways, because otherwise I really would probably just not like, I just would be like, Oh, I'll get you tomorrow. And I could say that for a month and, and it makes him feel bad. you know. And, and I don't want him to feel bad. And so I, I try to, I I try to do what I can that I'm comfortable with too, because I, it's like, it takes, it takes him a hot minute to get you're in the mood, you know? And it's like, you can't just be like, quick, let's go. You know, you have to. Yeah, you're not 25 reason. anymore. It takes well, a little yeah. bit of, of preparation <laughs> and I think, time. I think that's the other reason why I, you know, want it on my calendar too. So I can be like, oh, I probably should shower today because I haven't showered in three days. <laughs> you know, like. Shave those legs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I don't shave. Shaving. I mean, you're done. You're done. That's for new boyfriends. That's not yeah. for him. <laughs> With the way of. That went the way of tampons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, that's I brush funny. my teeth and I'll shower, but that's about it. <laughs> Brushing your teeth is, that's nice. That's, that's nice. That's showing effort. But it's trend so. for a lot of women, and we talk about this with experts, your libido also goes down during perimenopause and menopause. So it, like you said, it's not like a one second thing. You, a lot mm-hmm. of women have to prepare or a lot of women have to, take some time to get in the mood and communication with your spouse or partner is key. If they know what's going on, they won't take it so personally. Yes, right. exactly. Mm-hmm. And women, they say, you know, you've got a little more in your brain up here. It's not so much, 
you know, like the man, you know, (laughs) ready to anything, but it is, it's a lot, it's a brain and body combination thing that to get you going, to get you in the mood. Yeah. Well, and I think too, with women our age, and I think men don't understand this either because I think, you know, every man I talk to is like, we don't care about this stuff, but women care. We're getting older. Things look different now in the stark light of day when we're standing there naked, you know, we, you know, I, I have a whole chapter called, um, you know, is that a hair on my nipple? Like, I mean, I, you have weird stuff happening to you and, you know, and it's like, and that's all you can think about is like, oh, you know, this is saggy or that is not as firm as it once was or what have you. And he's just like, I'm just happy to be here. Like, like, you know, like I don't care, but we care. And I think that gets us in our heads too at this age. Oh yeah. I agree. I think it absolutely does. Poor Jack. Okay. Oh, sorry, Jack. <laughs> Her son. son. Poor yes, Jack. We'll change. He's heard everything, so he'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> you also mentioned about um, the lack of desire for small talk. Mm-hmm. Now, which I totally get and totally relate to because I think when I hit maybe 50, I'm 56 now. When I hit 50, I was like, I just don't want to, like, tell me what you need. Tell me what you need. I don't want to be on the phone for a half hour. I don't want to sit here and and talk about these things that I don't really have an interest in. And you do kind of get that way. And sometimes it's hard to cover that up and fake it. Can you talk a little bit about no more small talk? I'm just, I think I've always been that way. And just now more, it's just more acceptable because we're (laughs) older and we're more, all of us are more that way. But I, I feel like, but it also goes to, it's not so much that I don't have time to, to hear all this. It's more that I'm not, I don't care. About <laughs> right. this. And I don't know how to say this like any nicer than that, because it's like, what I care about it is I care about who you are. Like I care about like talking to you about like, you know, real things. And I don't, yeah, I live in this town. I know what the weather and the traffic are like, you know, I got it. I was out today. I understand. Um, yeah, we're two weeks out from Christmas. Woo. Yeah. I haven't shopped yet. My goodness. You know, it's like, but like, tell me like what you're really thinking about. Tell me what's going on in your world. Tell me how you're feeling or, you know, what, what is affecting you these days? Because, you know, there's a meme out there or something about like, you know, I don't want to know, I don't know what you have. I don't know what you, I don't want to know what you had for lunch. You know, I want to know why your kid's why your cousin lost her kids because like I can see their Facebook, you know, information and stuff. And it's like, yeah, tell me what all the dirt, tell me the the (laughs) gossip, tell me the tea, you know, I want to know what's happening in your knitting circle. Like why is Mary mad at Joyce? What's going on over there? But I think to me, because I feel like otherwise you don't have a real relationship with a person. You can't really get to know them otherwise. Like, you know, and it's one thing if you're going into like a networking function and you're just trying to find, you know, clients to work with and that kind of thing. I can do that. That's fine. But when I'm trying to go somewhere to like, you know, meet new people, I just, I don't want to talk about the weather. And, and that's why I try to join things more like a book club or, or you're a movie club where that way, at least we can like talk about that. We can talk about the book or the movie or what have you. Yeah, like a deeper meaning, and then it leads you to think about other things. So I think that that's probably, that's one thing with small talk, you're like, I'm done with that. And I do want to talk about how part of your book, where I felt like you were like my hero, was (laughs) when the guy Dave, like, cuts in line. 
at that bookstore. Can you share that? Because I think in that moment, I was like, she's every woman's hero. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was raging. I was raging when I read it. There is always a Dave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's always, you know, when you write books called people, I want to punch in the throat and you sit there at a book signing and people are walking by your table. There are two reactions that you get. And one says, Oh my God, I love that title. That's hilarious. You know, those are my people. Then there's another person that will walk by and say, Oh, that sounds violent. I don't really care for that. You are not my people. <laughs> but then there's like a third person and it's always a dude and he'll come by and he'll say, huh, people want to punch in the throat, you know? Have you really ever done that? Have you really, you know, you could kill someone doing that. Cool story, bro. Tell it more, you know? And so they always feel like they have to like, I don't know, like they want you to perform and then be, or when they find out I write humor, tell me something funny. Tell me a joke. And I'm like, what do you do? I'm a, I'm a you know, I'm a plumber. Go plumb a toilet. Like go, don't, don't show me something that you do. And, and so I was at this book signing and I'd been on the road. I did a, uh, I don't even remember how many cities I did, but I, my readers hosted a book signing for me around the country. And so I went to all these different kinds of places. And this was a, uh, this was a, like a city, what is the word I'm trying to think of where they, all the businesses come together and they have lunch together, uh, chamber of commerce, right? Oh, okay. The chamber of commerce. So the room was predominantly men, you know, it was, it was probably 70% men and, I don't do as well in a room like that, <laughs> so, but, but I got up there and I did my spiel and everything. And then when it was all over, people are lined up to like buy my book and, and he came up and he, yeah, he just sort of cut the line and he said, um, you know, do you mind if I take a look at this book and at your little book is what he called it. Cause your little book. And, and I said, sure, you can look at my New York times bestselling book. Go ahead. <laughs> you know? And he picked it up and he's kind of thumbing through it and he's just kind of scoffing and making comments. And finally I was like, I just don't think it's for you. Like, I don't, you know, I don't think that's your book. If you want to put it down and move out of the way, that would be great. Cause there's other people that need to get up here. And he was stunned because I don't think anyone has ever said that to him, but I started saying that, you know, again, this was not my first rodeo and I, I have that happens to me a lot where, and I want to block the table and I want to block people from the people who actually want to talk to you and need to talk to you and want to read this book and need to read the book. Like you're blocking them and you're, you're hogging up the oxygen in the room and you're ruining the energy. And I need you to just keep moving. Clearly I'm not your cup of tea. I am not for you. You are not for me. I encourage you to go find someone else to read. And he just, he didn't know what to do with himself, but he moved. <laughs> I, I loved it because that, how, I mean, I know every woman that has happened to every yeah. woman, some man has come up and tried to mansplain or whatever, or just insult. Just energy suckers in the room. As yeah. Like Vampire yeah. Energy. Yeah. 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 And I'll say, I'll just say, cause I'm sure men listen to this podcast and so I'll just say hashtag not all men. Right. But hashtag always a man. And so maybe you guys could maybe talk to your fellow men about moving along when something doesn't appeal to them. Right. (laughs) What's happening next now? What are you working on? Oh, what am I working on now? So I have a, I I have an idea for a follow-up to Midlife Bites that I've been kind of working on tentatively called uh, Nice Women Don't Talk About Such Things. And I think it's going to be like taboo topics that even more so than Midlife Bites that we don't talk about. And um, 
I'm trying to figure that out and and what I want to what I want to say in there. But I'm also looking at fiction. I really want to write fiction. And I've been working on a book that I've thought about this idea probably 10 years ago. And 10 years ago, my husband told me it was too violent. I had an idea where um, moms, uh, suburban moms would drive around in their minivans and exact like equalizer type justice on bad people, you know, that wronged their friends or whatever, you know, they'd run over, you know, an abusive husband in their minivan or they'd, you know, put you know, a fish in somebody's car, you know, or something, you know, they would do these things. And, and he was just like, that is so violent and so crazy. I can't believe you were thinking like that. And I was like, I don't know, like, don't you ever like just fantasize about just like, you know, <laughs> tying somebody up you know, and who, who hurt your friend. And he's like, no, I'm like, mm, just me then. And then, uh, so I just kept percolating with this idea and I was like, mm, he thinks it's too violent. And then about a year ago, I saw an, an agent on Twitter basically ask for that same story. And I was like, I got it. I got it. <laughs> and so I just have been trying to write it to make it funny, but not too scary. Like, I don't want people to be scared of me, but you know, I'm not Gillian Flynn, but I, I'm like, if Gillian Flynn wrote humor, what would it look like? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. So, I think that sounds great. I, I don't think, think that's I think too it violent. Sounds really good. I, I think like I'm, the idea I, of actually yeah. being able to punch someone in the throat for once, maybe, you know, <laughs> yeah. for real. Be first in line to find Yeah. Out. Yeah. We want to hear and her. And I'll, I'll find out about it sooner. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll let you know this time when it comes Thank out. I'll email you. you. Oh, man. Well, I, we want to thank you so much. This has been so much fun talking to you and just having a book out there and having a space where women can come and talk and just get these things out. Because when you don't feel alone, that is the first step in just healing and just feeling surrounded by pe- by a community of people that are just like you. So thank you so much for coming on today. Well, thank you for having me. And I really appreciate you guys finding me and reaching out. And I wish you great luck with your podcast. Well, thank you so much, Jen, for being on our show today. That was so much fun talking to you. Make sure that you check out Midlife Bites. Anyone else falling apart? Or is it just me? Make sure you check out the blog, People I Want to Punch in the Throat. It's really funny. She has a lot of great stories and people in there. It's just so fun. And I love talking to women like Jen that bring some humor and bring some things relatable to us at this time of our life, because we all could use some humor in our life. Oh, yes. Listen, rate, and review our podcast. We really appreciate that. And we just appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.